Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. Recently, a systematic review of Montessori research was released that found that relative to traditional education, Montessori education has a positive effect on children's academic and non-academic outcomes. The review looked at 32 rigorous studies from eight countries around the world focused on children from early childhood through high school. As the plain summary concludes, Across a wide range of implementations, likely reflecting the range of Montessori implementations in the real world, and in studies of moderate to high quality, Montessori education has a non-trivial impact on children's academic and non-academic outcomes. This episode is a conversation with two people on the research team, Angeline Lillard, the author of Montessori the science behind the genius, as well as numerous Montessori studies, and Justice Randolph, the lead researcher on the project, who is the author of Multidisciplinary Methods in Educational Technology Research and Development, as well as many other manuscripts and publications. Welcome to Montessori in Action podcast. So pleased to have you here, and I'm hoping you'll introduce yourselves to our listeners. I'm Justice Randolph. I'm a professor at the Georgia Baptist College of Nursing at Mercer University. I've been on this project for about 10 years, so when I started, I was at the Tift College of Education, also at Mercer. Wonderful. Angeline Lillard. I'm a professor of psychology at the University of Virginia. Wonderful. So you recently collaborated with others on a report regarding the impact of Montessori education both academic and non-academic outcomes. And I was hoping you'd each talk a bit about how you got involved with this project. And just, just you just said that you, you know, 10 years you've been put into this project. Yeah, the, that's right. And I guess it goes, the, the story is that my wife is a Montessori um, teacher. And so I became interested in the Montessori community and the Montessori findings at that point, and always thought it was developmentally appropriate. I looked at the research, and um, there were some reviews, but they weren't really uh, high-quality systematic reviews. So I got the bright idea to do a a meta-analysis of the Montessori research, and it's been one of the most challenging things I've done, I think, so far in my career, but also the most rewarding. Mm. And what about for you, Angeline? So I um, got involved in this project initially when um, Justice wrote to ask me uh, to see some of my data to use in the Mm -hmm. meta-analysis, which I was happy to share, but I was also interested that he was doing a meta-analysis. And so I mentioned some other studies that I knew of to be sure that they'd found those. And um, we just started having more and more back and forth. And at one point... um, they asked me if I would join the team, not for, because I, I actually, this is the first meta-analysis I've been involved with. I had no idea how to do much of it, and Justice taught me a good deal. But they had already done the searches, decided you know what to include, mm-hmm. and the analyses, and I was just involved some in the interpretation and the writing. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're throwing around this term meta-analysis. And Justice, will you just explain to our listeners what, what that is? Certainly. So uh, what in a meta-analysis, what we do is we take individual studies and we combine those individual studies to get a, a, a synthesis of the different outcomes of the studies. Your particular took over 2,000 studies and narrowed it down to 32. Um, and is that how a meta-analysis starts, is you just throw the net wide to see what's there, and then you have a way to narrow it? Yeah, that, that's exactly how it works. We have an information retrieval specialist on our team who is able to um, find this initial set of 2,000 sort of candidates for the studies, and then we're able, from looking at the titles and reading the abstracts of those studies, I think we got it down to 200 studies, and then we read you know, each of those 200 studies to finally wow. get down to the smaller set, just the... Um, the most high-quality studies, the set of 32 that we have. Yeah, so you start out with a meta-analysis with some search terms. So the search terms here were Montessori. Do you remember them, Justice? Yeah, yeah they, they were pretty broad, so we, we cast a wide net in the beginning. And, and so then you go to mm-hmm. you know, search engines. People may know Google Scholar best, but they're special library mm-hmm. search engines, and that just downloads article after article um, reference that you can then decide what makes sense to go and actually read to see if it's of high enough quality. <laughs> because then, then there's certain delimiters mm-hmm. of what studies you want to include in the meta-analysis. And so different, mm-hmm. different teams will come up with different decisions about what those should be. And Justice's team came up with very rigorous standards because it was falling under the Campbell Collaborative, and they have certain standards that Justice can talk um, about in much better detail than I can. Yeah, the standards we ended up using are, um, we wanted studies that uh, they either used a random assignment um, or that they could show that at the baseline, like at some kind of pretest of whatever the outcome was, that the uh, Montessori and traditional students they were approximately equal, or studies that were able to st- statistically adjust for those pretest values, for those baseline values. And so that, that was a big um, delimiter for us, because if you use that strict delimiter, we get 32 studies. If we had uh, a less strict delimiter, we might have hundreds. So it was, it was almost hard to find that point. Mm-hmm. And that so, was so important to do, because... You know, you you find outcomes of Montessori, and people will often say, well, it's probably just the parents. Right, the right. parents who choose Montessori are different, and so you're just getting an effect of the family that they're born into as opposed to an effect of the school system. So by having what we call a control for baseline equivalence, which the random assignment is one way to do, and um, the controls are, are other ways to do, you can be... You know, you you can have a, a stronger sense that it's actually caused by the Montessori education itself. It's still not definitive, but but it's a stronger sense that it was actually an impact of the system. So any given study will have an effect size, and that's really just the the size of the effect of what you've done. So you know, what is the effect of 
being in Montessori education versus, in this case, traditional education was always the the opposite. So what a meta-analysis does is it combines all of those effects and gives you one effect size that's kind of a summary of everything that was found. And, and you weight each of the effects such that a very large study is given more weight in the meta-analysis than a small study. So in a meta-analysis, the outcome that we talk about is usually an effect size. And the type of effect size that we're used in our meta-analysis, it's called a standardized mean difference effect size. And the particular one we use is called Hedges G. It's a variation on something called, uh, it's similar to Cohen's D. Mm-hmm. And positive effect sizes um, in this study mean they favor Montessori, or they mean that it uh, Montessori worked better than traditional education. An effect size of zero means that uh, traditional and education Traditional and Montessori education work the same. And negative effect sizes means that uh, traditional education work better. And mm-hmm. so you, one way to interpret a standardized mean different effect size is, for example, if it's 0.2, that means that uh, students in the Montessori group or in the Montessori condition, they performed uh, 0.2 standard deviations better than students in the traditional group. And is that a significant amount? Um, so that that's difficult to say. There are different interpretations of these uh, standardized mean difference effect size. There's a, a heuristic that I'm a fan of uh, that comes from uh, Cohen's article, and this is from social science, specifically experimental studies, where a 0.2 effect size is small, a 0.5 is medium, and a 0.8 is large. 0.8 or higher is large. However. Um, the Department of Education says, for example, that a, an effect size of 0.25 is substantively important. Oh, and I'll say, mm-hmm. um, I uh, the the Cohen's metrics, which which you see a lot across the literature. Cohen never intended for people to use those with reference to field research like this. He was talking about very tightly controlled laboratory studies Mm -hmm. in social psychology. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you really want to think about effect sizes, you've got to just think about what you're comparing them to. Mm. So if you think about like the effect of smoking cigarettes on cancer is, is like Mm 0.05. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, not very much of a standard deviation, but the, the public health implications are huge. Mm -hmm. And in school research out in the field, it's a whopping effect to get a quarter of a standard deviation, mm-hmm. um, and it it's equivalent to a couple months of of schooling at um, at younger ages. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it just it's just all what you're comparing it to. Um, <clears throat> but but justice is being very strict by by going with the Cohen standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I would say it's a conservative uh, way to think about effect sizes, or in a conservative convention. Another way that people, sometimes people look at, look at effect sizes and interpret them are, um, annual achievement gain. So if you think about it that way, somebody in uh, third or fourth grade, they might, uh, increase from one year to the next by an effect size of 0.36, for example, in reading or mm. 0.52 in math. Mm-hmm. If that helps us, uh, put things right. in perspective that in terms does. of education. That does. Well, that's the perfect setup to talk about the findings. 
How would you summarize the findings? We looked at a variety of outcomes. We looked at academic outcomes, and those included general academic ability, language literacy, mathematics, science, and social studies. And we also made a composite of all of those. And when we made a composite, the effect size was 0.24, or students in the Montessori group, they performed uh, uh, 0.24 standard deviations better than students in the traditional group. That's very similar, very close to what the Department of Education would call a substantively important mm-hmm. effect size. So that was for academics. And uh, for n- all non-academic outcomes, which those included creativity, executive function, the student's inner experience of school and social skills, the effects, the aggregate effect for all non-academic outcomes was a third of a standard deviation. And for all of these outcomes, um, they were all positive, and they were all consistently positive. There wasn't one that was negative, which for mm-hmm. me is a, a good sign about the strength of the intervention. I thought it was intriguing that in the academic side of it, science was the one that didn't show enormous difference between Montessori and traditional. Is that Did I read that correctly? Yeah. Science and science had an effect size of 0.15, and social studies had an effect size, I think, the smallest out of any of them, which was 0.05. It was, it was social studies. Okay. Yeah. And, but social mm-hmm. studies came from one article, which is the Kuklasher oh, article. Okay. And, right. and science came from just three articles. So one, one mm-hmm. has to bear, bear that in mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a question of implementation. Um, so, so there's just there's not a lot of data there to make a strong claim. Whereas for language and literacy and math, you've got you know twelve or sixteen studies across the two. So that's you've mm-hmm. got a bit more to go with. Mm-hmm. And as as Justice was saying, it's all putting Montessori in the plus column. It's all showing favorable results for Montessori schools. Yes, and that's despite, you know, it's they're not all schools. There, there are at least three that are just inter, interventions. Um, so where they took children out of a traditional classroom and gave them a few hours in a setup that they considered Montessori-like. So I think it's one of the things to bear in mind here is that it's very widely varying implementation, but all... Mm-hmm such that the experimenters called it a Montessori intervention. And, you know, we we did look hard and, you know, how many of these could we say is really seeming to be more high fidelity and medium fidelity and the like. Um, some of them just don't even tell you what the Montessori was like. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we think mm-hmm. it's reflective, therefore, of Montessori in the real world, because Montessori in the real world means all kinds of of different things, but usually there are some basic principles, like like some free choice, um, although the degree mm-hmm. can vary, mm-hmm. and um, hands-on on work and, and the like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. And some of those pieces came from Science Behind the Genius, right, from some of your work in sort of helping us to see what are... Um, 
one of those sort of non-negotiable implementation pieces, the three-year age group and the two-and-a-half or three-hour work cycle and the trained teachers, some of the baseline pieces for us to be able to say this is Montessori. Yeah, yeah and that's um, some of the things that are being worked on by uh, your organization, MPPI, um, and CMPS, mm-hmm. yeah, to just say, you know, what, mm-hmm. what are the non-negotiables here is, and, and, and mm-hmm. so, so at least some of them we know had some of those, but, but, you know, probably not all of mm-hmm. them, um, with like a trained teacher being a non-negotiable, for example. One of the elements of the research was looking at the impact in private Montessori settings and then comparing that to public Montessori settings. Would one of you share a little bit about those results? Yeah, certainly. So in both cases, whether it was private or public Montessori, Montessori outperformed traditional education to a a pretty high degree. So in the uh, academic realm of the academic outcomes, um, the effect size was 0.28 for uh, private Montessori. For public Montessori, it was a little bit less. It was 0.13 less than 0.28. So in... uh, for academic, private worked better. And uh, for non-academic outcomes, the effect size for private Montessori was 0.43. So um, that's compared to uh, 0.28 in the non or sorry, the academic outcomes. And in public Montessori, for the non-academic outcomes, it was 0.26 uh, standard deviations less than private Montessori. So meaning that public and private Montessori are effective both for academic outcomes and non-academic outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between the two is greatest for the non-academic outcomes. That was something that interests me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think that in a, in a public Montessori, you're dealing with so many different regulations that you're having to go along with, and that forces you to implement the program with with less fidelity. So um, there might be times when you're required to have things done by. There's a set schedule uh, that the curriculum needs to be given to children so they're ready for those state tests. There's just the general pressure of those kinds of state tests. Um, and and so there there are many interferences with being able to implement Montessori authentically that a private Montessori doesn't have. Um, so mm-hmm. so that's one one possibility. There is that it it has to do with that because um, this mm-hmm. is you know mm-hmm. it's the difference between the outcome in a traditional program typically serving a pretty similar set of children um, when you've got. Montessori in a you know public setting versus a private setting. So so it's not going to be that you're dealing with different children or or the like. I think it really has to do with the way that you can implement the program in these different settings. Mm-hmm. I wonder too if it's more challenging in the public sector to have Montessori trained and state certified teachers in classrooms um, and. In private settings, only the Montessori credential um, is required. And so I wonder if there was a 
there were a greater number of students who were um, in classrooms with Montessori trained teachers in the private schools than were in the public schools. Do, do you have any sense of that within the data? That's a very interesting question. Um, I think we would want to look study by study on that mm -hmm. one. Um, South Carolina, I believe, is one of the states where you only need the Montessori credential. Well, one of the other very large studies besides the South Carolina one is the Ansari and Winsler one, which is in in Florida, and it's a, a PK-4 program. Mm -hmm. um, if we go back to, yeah, so some, some of the others um, are just, you know, people would just have the Montessori credential also. So um, that's an interesting thing to, to take a look at and not something that we explored, but perhaps if we have a second um, meeting about this, that's something we could have time to look into a little bit in between. Um, and it makes me wonder why the difference between private and public Montessori was so much bigger for non-academic outcomes than academic outcomes. Mm -hmm. It's as if there's something about private Montessori that has a, a synergistic effect with non-academic outcomes, for example. Hmm. I am um, thinking about the four areas, creativity, executive function, inner experience of school, and social. And I wonder how inner experience of school um, affected, you know, it, looking at each of those individually, if there was a greater gap in any of those. Yeah, that's a good follow-up question. So inner experience of school was the largest of the four non-academic outcomes. It had an effect size of 0.41. That was followed by executive function with 0.36, then creativity of 0.26, and social skills 0.23. So they're all in the large range. But no, no, but but I think that your question is actually different than what you just answered, um, Justice. I think the question is whether the public-private Montessori finding, but you didn't look at that within subdomains, right? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. It, that's that's overall effect size. That wasn't the difference between the two. Yeah, thank you for that I clarification. See, I see. Yeah, so, so that just yeah. wasn't looked at, I think, because there wasn't enough um, data to get down to that level. Is that yeah. right, Justice? That's right. Yeah. And the, that's exactly right. And the public versus private Montessori, those were in reference to the composite, of the non-academic outcomes and the composite of the academic outcomes. We weren't able to uh, look at that for individual outcomes. Were there any surprises for either of you along the way of doing this work? Oh, th there was a lot for me. Um, what I thought might be a, a year or two project turned into a 10-year project. <laughs> so, so that was so a big surprising. surprise. <laughs> yeah. I, I was... Uh, I didn't realize how much Montessori research was out there. I think uh, mm. we found 2,000 candidates that went down to 200 candidates, which went down to 32 articles. And within those 32 articles, there were, I think, uh, over 200 outcomes. Uh, so the amount of Montessori research is incredible. And it's very diverse, the, the types of outcomes they measure and all of the different instruments they use. There, um, it was mind-boggling. So, 
it mm. became very discouraging. It was sort of like it, the this Montessori meta-analysis, it expanded like the universe is expanding for me. <laughs> just kept getting bigger and bigger <laughs> instead of smaller and smaller the more I looked. I was also surprised um, about the consistency of the effect sizes, that they were all in favor of Montessori and that they were all uh, so big, you know, in this kind of s small to moderate range if we compare them to experimental effects or um, f for other types of uh, comparisons, you know, what Angela might call like a large effects or maybe sometimes in the range of half of a school year. So um, in my practice, I usually see small effects and they're usually um, not all consistent. But I could say the Montessori research was consistently in favor of uh, Montessori. That surprised me. And it's important mm -hmm. to note with regard to that, too, that the search strategy that was used here included what we call the gray literature, things that wind up in file cabinets, because it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like it's, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there was not, not, no significant findings were obtained, and therefore it doesn't get published. It also includes theses, um, dissertations, um, all, all kinds of literature. So it was, it was a wide ranging meta-analysis. Hmm. What were the surprises for you? Well, one of the things that really surprised me was that the studies with random assignment had stronger effects than the studies without random assignment because I think about random assignment as something to take away the, um, effects of of parents, which you would expect would augment the significance or augment the, the effect sizes. And in fact, you got larger effect sizes there. But then I went on to do some more reading about that. And in fact, um, it seems that when you have random assignment, you're controlling so many other variables. And that explains why you get a stronger effect, because there's less noise in mm. what what it is that you're going for and so so you're really getting a pure effect of the intervention i'll say too that um the random effect size studies that some of them involved schools that we know were were implementing Montessori to very high fidelity with other ones that it you know wasn't necessarily so but but the random assignment studies altogether um produced larger effects so yeah, that surprised me in the beginning, but once I understood um, part of what's going on there, it didn't surprise me as much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you think are the implications of the these findings? So, so one of the strong implications, I think, is that um, it looks like Montessori works very well compared to traditional education, <laughs> that this isn't just like a study mm -hmm. here and a study there. Whenever, mm -hmm. you know, where meta-analyses are so useful is where there's some inconsistent results in the field. And there, there are inconsistent results with Montessori. You know, one study shows it for math, one study shows it for reading. You know, another study doesn't show it at all. Um, and mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so this, you know, in taking the most rigorous studies that are out there and looking at what the average effect is and finding that it's positive and really across the board, um, really suggests that, yeah, it, just as it makes theoretical sense, which was the point of, uh, in my book, that there are lots of studies supporting the basic tenets of Montessori, this is suggesting that, that, yeah, that comes out in 
in real life too, the way that it plays out in schools, the way it actually gets implemented, it is working better for children on average. Mm-hmm. And across multiple countries like Iran and Turkey and not just in the United States alone. That's right. Yeah. And I might note that it it also has positive effects in both public and private Montessori. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and something yeah. else to add in here, maybe this is a good time, is that um, shortly, as this paper was going to press, another article was actually, you know, published in an online first um, version that had re- remarkably similar findings that was, was also a meta-analysis. Mm-hmm. They used different search terms, they used a different search strategy, they were only using peer-reviewed published articles, um, they didn't care about the baseline equivalence, they, they used whatever was out there, it was only things published since 2000, and the set of articles that they wound up with, which was a similar number to us, overlapped only about half with ours. So they're using mm-hmm. many different studies, it's a different team, they're in France, and, and remarkably similar findings to ours. Mm, Wonderful. I'm quite a skeptical scientist. I I never believe the results of one study. And um, I start to believe things when I see a a good meta-analysis about it. But when I start to see two meta-analyses conducted independently, that's when I start to believe it. So um, I'm starting to believe the Montessori research, even being uh, such a skeptic. one thing I'm proud about our research is um, we we were very rigorous. We used this uh, Campbell Collaboration uh, protocol, and we um, had it published by the Campbell Collaboration. And so in meta-analysis, once you get either the Campbell Collaboration or its sister in the medical sciences, the Cochrane Collaboration, it's a big stamp of methodological quality. So I was proud of that, but what makes me more proud than anything is to see that these our results replicated. Yeah. That that's the best success for me as a methodologist. And that's showing me that the universe is in order. So just closing up here near the end of our time, um, what do you hope people will take away from this new body of work? Well, I'm a skeptic, but I'm starting to believe that uh Montessori works. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great takeaway. <laughs> oh, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, th- thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action, elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Mm